dear listeners sairam welcome to our radio series afternoon satsang this is a discussion between radio sais prem and arvind on different spiritual topics every thursday on asia stream you can enjoy this live conversation it's from 12:30 pm to 2 pm indian standard time the topic of today's episode is satyam shivam sundaram the life story of bhagwan shri satyasai baba and this was first featured as part of thursday live on may 23rd 2013 om shri sai ram offering a humble pranams at bhagwan's lotus feet This is Prem from Team Radio Sai and with me is Arvind from Team Radio Sai Sairam Arvind Sairam Prem I cannot help but notice what a very significant date it is that is the May the 23rd in 1943 on this day we can say that it was the first ever public revelation of little satyam where he proclaimed himself to be Sai Baba Exactly this was that very momentous day dear listeners when swami declared to the world and gave to the world his true identity he said my name is sai baba and worship me on thursdays the beautiful uh, you know instruction of asking his devotees to worship him on thursdays especially thursdays was given on this day and you know prem people often uh, get confused the other day our colleague you know sai prakash he was telling me how he felt that avatarhood declaration happened you know when swami's father asked him who are you are you a madcap and then he said i am sai baba and he threw flowers and the flowers formed the telugu letters i am sai baba and uh, he felt you know that is avatarhood declaration right but the avatarhood declaration day that we celebrate which is october 20th was the day actually when he sang the bhajan manasa bhajare guru charanam so sai prakash was saying that he had got this mixed up and so on one avatar or declaration day on one october 20th he prepared a card <laughs> you know and he wanted to show swami and in the card was this painting of a lad wearing a white shirt and uh, knickers and knickers right uh, he sitting on a rock and beside the rock there is letterings saying nenu sai baba mm-hmm. i am sai baba made from flowers right and he held this out this was a card so he said that when swami came he looked at the card and said idemra what is this he said swami this is avatar or declaration okay <laughs> as if you know swami had forgotten and he is reminding then swami said adevaru who is that pointing to you know that boy there in shirt and knickers then <laughs> sai prakash told swami this is you <laughs> then swami said when did you see me in knickers you know swami <laughs> asked him like that and just patted him on his cheek and walked away well so momentous has been this event this episode where swami you know through the flowers and made the letter sai baba i am sai baba appear that that is often considered as the first declaration as yeah. the declaration in right. fact but since the avatar declaration day is october 20th today we know this as the first declaration day the Actually, actual I think why that confusion is according to me if i if you mm-hmm. ask me is you know when swami said i am sai baba worship me on thursdays he still left a hope to the family that they can recover this boy 
you know okay. they felt that you know there's something wrong with him maybe he's possessed by some spirit or something and they can do something to get him back to his mm. normalcy mm. but it was on 20th october when swami said that this is not a lunacy this is not an aberration this is a mission i've taken upon myself my devotees are calling me my devotees are calling me and waiting and, and he I, made it fact, absolutely clear that you know said I, there is i'm nothing, not on the illusion and this right maya is gone now this maya has left me so i think uh, you know as you said 23rd of may when swami said they were all shocked and that was the first time they were hearing it from swami but still they, maybe they hoped that uh, this would just settle down and this too shall pass but <laughs> it didn't happen that way do you know prem in fact his father asking him who are you are you madcap and swami throwing the flowers to say that i am sai baba mm-hmm. that did not take place on the same day actually they were spaced apart by about a week to a fortnight if we look back at swami's life at his story it was an amazing sequence of events that actually led to satya's father who loved satyam so much come to him with all anger and ask him are you a madcap are you a ghost who are you tell me who you are brandishing a stick threatening to beat him up what was the sequence of events that led to this episode where his father got so angry desperate well it will be wonderful and maybe today satsang we can dedicate to this sequence of events that took place and dear listeners to begin the story we have to go back where swami had just left the school at bukapatnam and had joined the kari basava swami high school at uruvakonda yeah apparently after finishing his teachers training swami's elder brother seshma raju was appointed in that school you know at uruvakonda as a telugu teacher hmm. and uh, in right honest he wanted to take swami along with him just as he had had swami in kamlapuram so, so that he could pursue his education but i think one episode which happened before that hmm. is the exam the ESSLC exam okay when swami went to penukonda to write that exam the right? elementary school leaving certificate leaving certificate exam hmm right and uh, we've heard swami himself describe that event so many times hmm. about how nobody would ever clear that exam from their region and then uh, there were these two friends of swami ramesh and suresh Hmm. who used to uh, uh, sit on either side of swami and used to share the desk at school so how swami went with them to write the exam and swami would say that their roll numbers were way apart swami's was 6 and the other was 100 and there was another the other guys was 60 or something and uh, they were very very uh, uh, apprehensive about taking this exam because it's so difficult but swami tells them to don't worry i will take care of you mm-hmm. and you know it's very difficult incident to understand hmm because here swami tells them that don't worry i will make sure that you pass i'm sure that you have this episode in your mind where swami says how he makes those two boys pass correct in fact uh, swami narrates in his discourse that the minute he saw the question paper all the answers he knew in a trice he knew the answers not only did he know the answers within say, say if the exam was a 3 hour exam within the first hour itself swami had completed his whole answer sheet and written down all the answers perfectly and then swami says that he walked up took extra sheets and this time rewrote all the answers but with ramesh 
रोल नंबर रोल नंबर नेम एंड इन हिज हैंड राइटिंग इन हिज हैंड राइटिंग दैट्स व्हाट दैट ओनली गॉड कैन डू राइट एंड देन एज इफ दैट वाज नॉट इनफ ही कंप्लीटेड दिस इन द सेकंड आवर एंड इन द थर्ड पार्ट ऑफ द एग्जामिनेशन ही वेंट एंड टुक सम मोर एक्स्ट्रा शीट्स एंड दिस टाइम ही डिड द सेम फॉर सुरेश सुरेश ही रोट डाउन सुरेश नेम सुरेश नंबर एंड इन सुरेश हैंड राइटिंग रोट इट एंड दैट इज हाउ इन 3 hours swami submitted not one but three answer sheets and uh, as i was saying that you know it's difficult to understand this because even when we were students swami would never encourage such things <laughs> but one thing which swami would always tell when he narrated this incident is you know what was wrong they had surrendered to me it was my duty to take care of them hmm you know from swami's point of view it was that that was the message which swami wanted all, all of us to take that if you surrender to swami if you depend on him completely god will do anything to take care of you i think prem it will be very relevant to uh, make another point here it is said even in the you know while describing lord krishna also the same thing has been said it is not as if did whatever krishna the lord speak or did whatever he do were they according to satya and dharma it is whatever he spoke became satya because he is the ultimate whatever he did became dharma somebody asked a very renowned vedic scholar asked him i mean in fact it was uh, ghantikota subramanya shastri if i remember right right okay. the person who wrote the suprabhatham so his son actually had asked him that uh, father you know swami quotes so many things from the vedas and the scriptures whatever he is telling are they really there in the scriptures but the reply that he gave he said you fool it is not whether whatever swami is telling it's in the scriptures whatever swami is telling is the scripture so that is what happens when we talk about divinity whatever divinity speaks whatever divinity does whatever divinity does becomes dharma whatever divinity speaks becomes satya and i think this is also an opportunity or a window which swami opens for faith Like Correct. suppose you have a person whom hmm. you admire, whose intellectual prowess you you rely upon, hmm. okay, and he gives, let's say, a political situation is there, and he gives a commentary on that. Hmm. Even if you do not agree with what his views are, you tend to agree with that view because he is making it. Correct. Because you rely on his intellectual abilities. You say that you no, know, if he is making that statement, then he knows what. Correct. He doing. knows, even though I don't know. Even though I, I don't trust know. him. I think in Swami's life there are so many such events. Mm. which in our moral understanding we cannot explain correct and in our understanding of god we cannot put it in perspective correct. in what we think of god is compassionate or or, or uh, you know righteous we might not be able to put it in place but when we know swami accept him because of the other things which we have experienced in our life mm. we know that if that swami who has done so much for me is doing this then he must definitely have a reason for it and i don't need to you know reason into it and confuse myself i Perfect. just need to accept it that is faith and there is faith i think swami gives us opportunities to uh, express for, faith and for that faith that ramesh and suresh had in swami in that year the only three people who passed the exam well no prize for guessing this were satnarayan raju ramesh and suresh right and in fact swami narrates in his discourse of about how the villagers with great joy you know carried these boys in palanquins and as celebrating because nobody else even passed the examination while these three passed in the top grades so that was the end of the bukapatnam school experience after which swami went to uravakonda and when swami went to uravakonda uravakonda i think is about a 100 kilometers from puttaparthi right so when swami went to uravakonda 
he joined as we said the shri karibasava swami district board school now this shri karibasava swami was a kind of spiritual head for the lingayats among the uh, hindu worshipers there are like you know people who worship shiva and people who worship vishnu so among the shiva worshipers this is one called lingayats where they you know worship the linga form of the lord so for such people he was like a spiritual head social reformer and in his name was this shri karibasava swami government district board school i mean that is where uh, satya's brother which is sheshamaraju used to teach and so therefore swami also got enrolled in that school even as you were talking about basavaraju and uh, the movement lingayat movement actually hmm. it's an interesting episode which happens much later when swami travels that part of karnataka hmm. i mean these lingayats are very very staunch shaivites correct they won't worship any other god other than shiva and they have specific rivalry to vishnu right and they will not utter any name which is related to vishnu krishna hari vasudeva govinda nothing so once during one of swami's travels to karnataka swami gave a discourse in one of those lingayat regions mm-hmm. and at the end of the discourse as was swami's usual practice he broke into a song uh-huh. a bhajan and he sang govinda krishna jai oh god and the entire <laughs> crowd joined with swami and sang mm-hmm. because they were so mesmerized by swami that you know and it it, it was actually published in newspaper saying that Sai Baba makes Lingayats sing a Krishna bhajan. You know, what else can they do if, if their Lord Shiva sings Hari? You know, it is said, Vishnu Siya Hridayam Shiva, Shiva Siya Hridayam Vishnu. Absolutely. It is said that Vishnu is lost in contemplation of Shiva and Shiva is lost in contemplation upon Vishnu. So, I mean, all these analogies also, I think, are brought in just to show the unity between the Lords and it is about you liking a form and following it but don't take it to an extreme where you say that my form alone is a supreme the other form is not existent it is all i think misunderstanding and stupidity and at best hmm. coming back to urukonda i mean hmm. the name urukonda comes from uraga konda actually that's what kasturi says in satyamshan sundaram uraga meaning a snake and konda a mountain a hill yeah yes. hill and the main reason is that there is a hill in this place which looks like a thousand headed thousand snake headed it exists even today prem and uh, okay. uh, seeing the photographs and reading this i am having a burning desire in my heart to really visit uravakonda see all these places where swami had been well yak the minute swami went to uravakonda it is said that uh, his fame preceded him right and i was reading this book called love is my form mm-hmm. that is an excellent compilation a work for which a doctorate has been given to the compiler shri padmanabhan great work monumental work in which he has built together stitched together the story of swami during these days mm-hmm. from accounts and diary entries of all the people including venkamma who was satya's eldest sister who took care of him like a mother right. she was so much elder to him so almost like a mother to him so everybody's personal diary accounts he has taken and so it is with the help of satyam shyam sundaram and this love is my form book dear listeners that we will be constructing this part of his story right so as i said when satya went to uravakonda his fame preceded him right because swami had done so much in kamlapuram in bukapatnam that by the time swami went to urukonda people were already asking seshmaraju huh. questions about his younger brother and you know is it true that he materializes objects is it true that he can write poetry 
which even the elders cannot comprehend and that sheshamaraju i guess did not like it so much and because sheshamaraju himself was a telugu teacher who was also a poet and uh, maybe he was not very happy with his teenage younger brother getting uh, the importance for his talent so much accolade so many accolades and so much adulation right <laughs> i'm sure he wished for some part of it right. well uh, the instances are many prem you were narrating about that headmaster Yes you know Swami would say that you know the teachers in that Orokonda school there mm-hmm. were a few who were already devoted to Swami they were waiting for Swami with reverence there were few who were skeptical and there were few who wanted to prove him wrong so okay. they were all there in that school and Swami would say the headmaster of that school uh, one Mr Lakshmipati mm-hmm. and Swami says that he was so devoted to Swami that this was much before Swami revealed himself or claimed what he really has come to do but Swami would say that this headmaster would wait for Swami every day in the morning before he comes to the school the moment he comes in he would take him to his chamber make Swami sit on his chair and he would sit on the floor and massage Swami's feet wow and Swami would say no sir don't do this this is not right you're so elder to me and this man would say that i know what you are lucky well, indeed was definitely. that man and Swami would in fact say that you know whenever Swami would refer to these people hmm. who had realized what Swami was who had recognized the divinity in swami swami would say that this was not an accident this was because of their you know purvajanma prapti because of all the good deeds they've done in the past that they could recognize swami because you know i think most of the people were skeptical and most of the people were diffident to accept swami as to what he was saying but there were a few lucky ones who actually could see what swami was when you look at lives of these people you know these lucky ones who were able to recognize him I really you know get that conviction and that uh, belief strengthens which says that there's nothing accidental in this universe there's nothing like an accident and everything is some way destined and swami's capabilities shown through in every activity of his you know whether it was dramatics whether it was athletics he was a champion athlete in all the running events everywhere it was swami who was the winner and even in cultural activities undoubtedly he was not only a wonderful actor and composer he also used to direct he also used to guide others on how acting should be done and in fact it was during the uruvakonda years that swami wrote his first play which has become immortal today right. which is cheppinatlu chestara definitely and i think it's been uh, enacted so many times after that so many times in swami's presence so many times by swami students by balvika students balvika children in different conferences it has been acted out and you know uh, adapting to the newer age the students and balvikas children have in fact taken the same theme but just modernized the context and played it because the context may keep changing but the theme and the message that this story that swami wrote gives is immortal and for all times to come right and swami says how this thing came up mm-hmm. i th- i believe it was uh, another great individual who was also the teacher of Swami Norokanda school Mr Tamiraju Manchiraju Tamiraju Manchiraju yeah. Tamiraju I mean he's a great person I'm sure that even in the following parts of Satyamishnu Sundaram they mentions about him mm-hmm. how he became one of the earliest and most ardent devotees of Swami who continued to come to Swami with his family and Swami has performed some mind boggling miracles in his life mm-hmm. so this person who had recognized Swami's talent he had actually uh, requested Swami to write a play okay asking swami to put up a play for i think some school day or something like that and that's when swami writes this play and swami even takes the role of the 
ప్రోటోగనిస్ట్ ఆఫ్ ద డ్రామా విచ్ హీ రైట్స్ యా ద ప్రోటోగనిస్ట్ నేమ్ వాజ్ కృష్ణ కృష్ణ ద డ్రామా చెప్పినట్లు చేస్తారా మీన్స్ డూ డీడ్స్ నెసెసరీలీ ఫాలో ద వర్డ్స్ ఇట్స్ అ రెటారికల్ క్వశ్చన్ అండ్ దట్ రెటారికల్ క్వశ్చన్ రిపీట్స్ ఇట్ సెల్ఫ్ అగైన్ అండ్ అగైన్ ఇన్ ద ప్లే ఇన్ ద ఫస్ట్ సీన్ వేర్ ది మదర్ యునో షీ షీ ఈస్ గివింగ్ అ డిస్కోర్స్ అండ్ షీ టెల్స్ ఆల్ ద people who are attending the talk that one must always serve charity and charity is a way serving your fellow men is the way to god once she says that after that parayanam or that satsang is completed a poor beggar boy comes home and he is asking for alms he has nothing to eat and the mother angrily just shoes him away tells him don't you have any better work to do this get lost this the boy krishna sees the next moment a very healthy well fed sadhu he comes home you know seeing that sadhu the mother invites him in you know does paada seva for him feeds him well he's already well fed but feeds him well gives him money as that dakshina and then sends him and she's happy that time krishna the protagonist which the role that was being played by swami goes and asks the mother mother what is it that you're doing you said that we have to serve those who need you know dina dukhiyon se prem karo sai prasann hoga even at that age sai would be prasann if dina dukhiyon se if you give them love but when he, he tells that the mother shouts back and telling eh don't talk beyond your age cheppinatlu chestara mean do deeds actually follow the words do anybody do what they say ha people don't do what they say you don't keep don't me oh, beholden to my words that's the first scene and then the mother knows uh, upset with the way the obstinate behavior of a child so drags him to the the father's chambers you know where the father swami father says presence. you know uh, kasturi writes that father's role was that of an accountant where he's sitting with his assistants and he's doing his work so the little boy krishna is dragged to the father's house in the father's room and the father begins giving him a lecture and he says no no you should behave properly and all that and he goes on into saying that how important education is mm. and he says no for a young boy of your age all your concentration should be in studies because education is what is going to you know be the foundation for your life and how every child should get education and you know goes on into that mode and just then a poor boy comes into the office of this father and you know very pleadingly requests for 1 rupee you know in those days 1 rupee must have been a big sum of money he says i need 1 rupee to pay my school fees if i don't pay that by tomorrow i'll be asked to leave the school yeah name will be stuck of the rules right so he asked him that why do you please give, uh, sir give me that 1 rupee so the father in that uh, in the drama he pulls out his purse and shows that shows the empty purse and see i don't have any money i'm running short of money so i don't have any money it lies to him and sends the boy away mm. and just after that little boy leaves some of the colleagues of this father come home and uh, tell him about a new officer who's coming to take charge of their office and how they should welcome him with a grand party so then this man draws out some money 200 rupees 20 rupees 20 rupees i'm sorry from the draw and gives it to them and says yes yes you should have a grand party you know don't uh, compromise on the expenses let it be really grand and even offers to make a speech a welcome <laughs> speech for the man who comes so this little boy krishna who sees this is disgusted really to say and, the least and the next day when he goes to school his disgust goes to the next level because the teacher there tells that you know now the school inspector is coming and when he asks you how many chapters have been taught tell him that the teacher is now teaching chapter number 32 
actually the chapter that was going on was chapter number 23 so he tells them to tell a lie and he tells just to keep you prepared i will teach you chapter number 32 today itself so that tomorrow you can all appear very wise and smart and chapter number 32 happens to be the story of satya harish chandra the king who adhered to truth all his life seeing this blatant hypocrisy that is going on krishna comes home throws away his books and says i'm sick of all this i don't want this and you know swami very beautifully says that hmm. all through at home i'm taught something my mother and father teach me something the teacher teaches me something but eventually none of them are actually following what they teach if i'm all the while being taught something which i don't need to put into practice what's the point in learning what's the point in learning exactly and the drama ends on that note leaving the uh, viewers to think about the deep message that deep message that has been conveyed so simply and this was written by a teenage boy during his uravakonda years and as always it took the whole school by storm and you know it only added to compliments like of course other than satya who can do it satyam has only done it and there was another occasion you know apart from this drama which became a big hit mm. swami says that one of the political leaders approached swami and asked him to write a song mm. you know about the political scenario i think it was for some meeting which they were having hmm and it seems swami told them yes i will write a song and he asked for some props swami said you get a cradle and you get a, a you know a mannequin of a doll of a child and hmm. place it there and i will compose a song and swami composed a song describing the events in the world happening then as a lullaby oh okay a very very beautiful little song no uh, talking of scenarios happening in germany and uh, the cold war which was happening and all that and during that time nobody in that school or in that region knew about the names which swami was mentioning okay before we talk about that we'll just play that poem much later maybe in the, in the year 2000 swami actually reeled out that entire poem hmm yeah and of course I mean. at the end of the poem swami says something which is also very very beautiful so we we'll, let's listen to that ఏడువకు పశిబాల ఏడువకు తండ్రి ఏడిస్తే నేను భరత వీరుడనరయ్యా జో జో ఇట్ వాస్ ఎ ఫైనెస్ట్ పీస్ ఆఫ్ లలబే ఓ మై డియర్ చైల్డ్ డోంట్ క్రై ఇఫ్ యు క్రై యు కెన్ నాట్ బి ఎ వారియర్ ఎవర్ ది సిటిజన్ ఆఫ్ భారత్ ఏడువకు పశిబాల ఏడువకు తండ్రి ఏడిస్తే నిన్ను భరత వీరుడనరయ్యా జో జో హంతకుడు హిట్టరు అమర రష్యాపై దండెత్తి వచ్చిన నిజడిసి ఏ చితివా జో జో హిట్టరును చంపుటకు ఎర్ర సైన్యంబు వీరుడవు స్థాలీలు కలలు ఏడువకు జో జో ఐక్యతగా ప్రజలంతా చేరి పోరాడి స్వాతంత్రమును పొందగలరు ఏడువకు జోజో ఈ విధమైనటువంటి యొక్క పాటలు రాసి ప్రజా లోపలిలో కూడా మంచి ఆనందకరమైనటువంటి యొక్క లాలి పాటలుగా అందరికీ ప్రచారం చేసేవాడిని ద కంపోజిషన్స్ ఆఫ్ భగవాన్ they were received very well by the whole public they were very happy about these compositions ye heater ee antaku velandu sai baba ki atta telsinu chaala chinna pilla vaade ani chaala aashcharya pade atunte vaaru people were very much surprised that how is the stalin ni utunnaru ani cheptunnare ye viriki telinatunte perle atta telsinu ee pilla vaaliki how is this young 
baba know the names of hitler and stalin sai ki telinetunte vilev there is nothing that sai does not know kaani telinetu gaani nenu natan chestuntanu but he pretends as if he does not know so that's that uh, little poem which ami recollected after so many decades and uh, unfortunately the translation of that padyam uh, that poem is not complete swami says you know it's like putting a child to sleep swami saying that uh, what are you afraid of why are you not sleeping you not are sleeping? you scared that hitler's armies will come and damage you or destroy you don't worry before that can happen uh, the red armies of uh, stalin will destroy hitler's armies so uh, swami is briefly narrating the history of what is happening in the world at that exactly. time and you know the very beautifully swami says that are you scared that this will not happen his army is very powerful swami says people of all the countries will get together and defeat the and that was a prediction forces. at that time it all, yeah it was a prediction on the lesson in 1943 we see it because all this happened finally in 1945 and 1946 right. when the second world war ended but swami had already told about it in a lullaby in a place where nobody had even heard these names you know and towards the end swami said that there is nothing that sai does not know <laughs> but he behaves as if he knows nothing in uravakonda days he gave one or two instances where he showed his omniscience and omnipresence it was a time when you know one of the teachers lost a fountain pen an expensive fountain pen and satya in fact told him that i can locate that pen for you and he said that that pen was with a servant of this teacher this teacher was just not ready to believe it because that servant had been serving him from so long it was so and he was so honest right then what swami told the teacher was write down this letter that i am dictating mm-hmm. and this swami dictated a letter from the servant to his to the servant's son who was in anantpur who was in anantpur right who was in anantpur and the servant's son was literate while the servant was illiterate so it was uh, the servant's son knew that every time his father wrote him a letter it was dictated to somebody else who could write and so therefore the teacher wrote down and satya gave the word saying you know uh, i hope you are doing fine i hope that pen is well with you it's an expensive pen please take care of it very well like that and within a few days the reply comes from the son saying the pen is very fine i'll shall be very careful with it thank you so much for that wonderful gift <laughs> you know and that is how that little theft was discovered thanks to satya's omnipresent omniscience i mean and, and his so, uh, fame proves right and many times mummy would play you know the children would lose something somebody would have stolen something they would come and ask swami swami would say the first letter and the last letter of the word of the name of the person who has the object <laughs> in the position giving clues right and it, one more episode which happened was you know uh, something like a recap of what happened in the previous avatar uh-huh like you know you have the episode of chand patel in the shirdi avatar correct you know the man who loses his horse ha huh, yes uh, his mare and uh, baba calls it back for him right and he says that it is there in this particular place and correct. that's how he's the person who brings shirdi baba finally to shirdi correct along with his daughter's uh, wedding you know, wedding to, procession mm. they come a similar thing happens you know there's a muslim uh, you know you had these tongas uh, in those years where you have horse drawn carriages horse drawn carriages for taxi you know and uh, there was this muslim man who had lost one of his horses which meant like his business which is livelihood and then he comes 
searching for it and somebody suggests to him that when you go to this young boy who seems to be having miraculous powers of finding out objects which are lost so he comes to swami and swami tells him that you know one and a half miles away from here there is a grove mm. you go there and you will find your horse mm. and so that is how he goes and he finds this mare there wow and after that swami's popularity grows even in the muslim community <laughs> they say every time they you know a cart is going by and swami is walking they offer him a lift and and then they realize that whenever they take swami in their cart they seem to be having better business on that day oh okay so there's a competition to take him in the cart right you know these were instances where swami showed some kind of similarity to shirdi baba but yes what we left the listeners with was how that episode came about where swami vocally unequivocally and publicly declared that i am sai baba the same sai baba of shirdi so to get to that you know let us see the kind of living condition that swami was in swami's house in urava konda was on a street that is called as temple street mm-hmm. because there was one subramanya swami temple subramanya is kartikeya the younger son of lord shiva the other son being lord ganesha so subramanya temple in that street after which that street had got the name temple street okay and this uh, subramanya temple like the other temples in bukapatnam and puttaparthi became a favorite haunt for satya and his friends mm-hmm. and they would do pandari bhajan okay in fact it is said that one evening spontaneously swami composed a bhajan during one pandari bhajan session in this subramanya temple and that is what we know today as subramanyam subramanyam shanmukanatha subramanyam that oh, bhajan okay wow so you know in that street the house where swami lived was a very small house about 8 feet by 4 feet two rooms of 8 feet by 4 feet mm-hmm. and there was no window prem there was no window no kind of ventilation mm-hmm. in fact it is said that during the day swami would be made to climb up and remove two three tiles here and there from the roof so that oh, sunlight can percolate into the house okay uh, and at night time you have to use a petromax or some kind of kerosene lantern for a while and after that put off there's nothing else there's no ventilation so a door would be left slightly open and uh, satya's brother that is sheshama raju and his brother's wife they would sleep in the inside room while in the outside room it would be venkamma her son who is also a satya mm-hmm. and satya okay so they would sleep and as we discussed before venkamma was almost like a mother to satyam right so swami venkamma and venkamma son would sleep in the outside room this was the kind of life that swami had and in his daily schedule you know swami has often narrated of how he used to get water right reading in this book love is my form you know what shocked me was there were two wells prem not just one well mm-hmm. there was a well called gilakala bhavi mm-hmm. and gilakala bhavi was the well for general purpose water that is washing your feet washing vessels taking bath and there was one kind of officers bungalow on the left of the house okay and that is from that there in the bungalow bhavi you would get water for drinking mm-hmm. and the bungalow bhavi was about 3 kilometers on the left mm-hmm. of swami's home and the gilakala bhavi was about 2 kilometers to the right of swami's home so every day it's about 5 kilometers just to reach the wells and 5 kilometers to return home a minimum of 10 kilometers swami had to walk to fetch water in fact it is said that 
one of those days when Swami had come back to Parthi from Uruvakonda, Ishwarama was massaging his whole body with oil. Mm-hmm. She noticed deeply bruised shoulders. The young shoulders of Satyam were carrying so much. So she told her son, Satyam, there, you know, people are exploiting your goodness. Why should you work hard like this? No need, you come back to Puttaparthi. And that time, you know, Swami made a statement. He told his mother, this is there in Ishwarama, the chosen mother, mm-hmm. in that book which Kasturi has written. Swami told his mother that, Mother, if people are drinking brackish water, my heart cannot bear it. To save them from this kind of poison, if it requires me to struggle and do whatever possible to get them sweet water, I am ready to do it. It is not a punishment for me. I am doing it very happily. Please don't stop me from doing it. <laughs> How significant that is. Because years to come, that is what Swami spoke even in his discourse, right? When people are drinking brackish water, how can I keep quiet? That is how the Chennai water project came about. That is how the different water projects came about. So this was the kind of life Swami was leading, a very, very uh, hardship-filled life in Uruvakonda. Though he had he had so much admiration and adoration at school, at home it was not so much so. And I think after this comes a very, very important event which was going to trigger the things which were going to follow. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, nobody is sure. You know, it is said the event is termed as the scorpion bite event. But nobody is sure of which scorpion bit or whether a scorpion bit. Because what they actually noticed was, Swami just squeals and holds his feet and falls into a faint. Correct. And how that came about is also interesting. And this has been taken from Venkama's diary, Venkama Swami's eldest sister, from her diary. Okay. She says that, it was some, somewhere during the Shivratri. Mm-hmm. And Shivratri 1943 comes around March 4th or March 5th. Right. Satyam Shamsundram actually records the date as 8th of March. Oh, when this so, event happened. So, so I after think, Shivratri. Yes, matches perfectly three well. Three or four days. About three kilometers northwest of Uravakonda, on the road that leads from Uravakonda to Bellari, mm-hmm. is a temple called Budagavi, okay. which apparently exists even to this day. Mm-hmm. It's a Shiva temple. And uh, during the Shivratri time, Swami used to be a regular visitor to this temple. Mm -hmm. So one evening, you know, after a Pandari Bhajan session, Swami comes home and tells Venkama that I will be a little late today Mm -hmm. evening. So please keep the door open. I will come back a little late. And so therefore that night, it's only four of them sleeping in the house. Okay. And Satya goes. And um, Venkama says that every day morning when she wakes up, she has the habit of looking at God's picture. Mm-hmm. prostrating and then only getting up. But in Uruvakonda, they had no photograph of, no picture of any god in their home. So she would open the main door, go out and have the first darshan of the Tulsi plant. Tulsi which is considered equal to God. Right. The holy basil. So that day morning, she woke up and to her surprise, she saw that Satyam was not at home. She opened the main door and there Satyam was. He had just arrived. And it was early in the morning, something like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. And so she was shocked. She asked Satyam, what is it? Why are you so late? So Swami's hands were cold. It was apparent that the whole night he has been out in the cold. So he just said, don't tell, be quiet. He came in. Then she said, Satyam, you know, you are supposed to take some rest. He said, yes, I will take rest. Let me have a wash and come. And that is how Swami went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bathroom means he what it was about two feet by two feet and some stones there. That's all. One copper vessel with some water. That's all. Nothing mm-hmm. great. As a bathroom, in fact. But when Swami went there, within a few minutes, Venkama says that he screamed out, Ayyo! 
ayo is a you know an exclamation of pain mm-hmm. and it went silent so she rushed in there and exactly as you said swami was clenching his foot and his foot appeared to be swollen and swami seemed to be in pain so venkama goes immediately and wakes up sheshamaraju and everybody and everybody comes and you know sheshamaraju is a person who suspects that a scorpion has stung swami mm-hmm. and you know the reputation of the scorpions right. in uruvakonda because uruvakonda as we discussed you know it's supposed to be the hill where the snake resides literally hmm. it is believed in the region that snake bites and scorpion stings are lethal lethal nobody, yes right nobody is believed to you know recover from these attacks and they were also common those days so uh, sheshamaraju was sure that this is a scorpion sting and therefore immediately what he does he immediately writes a letter which is supposed to be sent to the parents to inform them that you know your son has got stung by a scorpion in the meanwhile in the temple street itself were a few physicians and an allopath also mm-hmm. allopathy doctor so uh, sheshamaraju summons them early in the morning itself but swami wants to take a little rest so he just sleeps so they allow the boy to sleep but within a few hours swami gets up and he is alert as usual he in fact goes to sheshamaraju and tells you give me the list the shopping list you wanted vegetables and provisions i will go i am fine i will do the shopping and come and sheshamaraju is happy that nothing seems to have happened he gives him a shopping list also mm-hmm. and venkamma uh, you know records in her diary that satya brought beautiful wonderful vegetables mm-hmm. very tender and soft brinjals you know and the brinjals are brought and sheshamaraju gives instructions to venkamma saying don't feed that boy anything other than rice and rasam mm-hmm. rasam is you know right that uh, soup kind of indian soup yeah itself. very dilute soup with almost nothing in it no vegetables in it so he says don't even give buttermilk don't give any vegetable don't we don't know what has happened but venkama says that when she was cooking she saw how tender the brinjals were how wonderful the brinjals were and swami apparently at a young age also had a liking for brinjal right and i have seen you know one or two occasions where swami is relishing brinjal in fact swami has said that brinjal is a vegetable that brings joy to all <laughs> that's how he has played on the word brinjal okay uh, well brinjal is my favorite also so and that's why i felt happy that it was swami's so venkama kept aside a little of this brinjal vegetable that she had cooked mm-hmm. thinking that secretly i will smuggle it to satyam to eat okay so after sheshamaraju left for work so she was giving this brinjal she was she had served everything and she made satyam eat sit on a stool No, no, not on a stool. That wooden plank mm. to eat. But Satyam seemed, Swami seemed strangely lost. He was looking into nothingness, just not eating. So she says, Satyam, what is this? Eat. Why are you not eating? But his hand is, you know, limp, just dipped in the plate. She, in fact, comes and picks up his hand with the food in it and picks it up till his mouth so that he can eat. At that time, Satyam just closes his eyes and collapses. Oh, okay. he collapses in a heap. Mm-hmm. This was what happened on March eighth, and she gets very panicky. She immediately sends word for Sheshamaraju, who comes rushing back. He comes rushing back, and immediately, you know, uh, in Uruvakonda, as you said, that uh, place, that hillock where snakes are supposed to reign, there is a temple of a of the goddess Muttyalamma, Muttyalamma, also known as Sankulamma, okay. and that is when. Uh, Sheshamaraju told somebody, "You rush to the temple and offer a coconut to the goddess." And that temple is supposed to be quite uh, difficult to access hmm. because they had to climb half the hillock 
and then put a ladder and go into the cave mm. and it was a very special uh, you know deity who was housed there so there these men are going into all these things and climbing down and they go into that cave and they break a coconut and that's when like kasturi puts it that they realize that swami was not unconscious but swami was super conscious exactly in the home you know venkama records that suddenly in what seemed like a coma swami seemed to be in a coma simply he woke up and said the coconut broke into three pieces <laughs> and then you know went back into coma <laughs> into so called coma right and much later when these people came back from the shrine they come with three pieces of coconut and as we all know generally the coconut is supposed to break into two pieces three is considered inauspicious right and they come with three pieces and uh, so you know while on one hand it seems inauspicious isn't it amazing that here is swami who has revealed what has happened so far he has shown his omniscience omnipresence but you know as man always falters the same thing happened it has happened again and again that is what happened then also that they just thought oh my god this is unlucky it broke into three they forgot that part where swami had already said that and i think after that came the marked difference in swami's behavior because till then swami was like uh, you know the the most energetic and the most uh, exciting person in school you know he was always busy with something as you said you know he was writing poems he was conducting dramas pandri bhajan group and he was literally doing satsangs and all but suddenly he became a lost person yes. you know he would withdraw himself and very very introvert but that happened much later actually okay. in between prem uh, as i got to read in this book mm-hmm. which he has so wonderfully collated from interviews from so many people so many things happened even before swami gained consciousness okay and before swami became that kind of silent and you know introvert kind of person there was a phase where he became very violent upset angry revolting rebellious okay so how that happened was So once this has happened now mm-hmm. Swami has revealed about that coconut so Shesha Maharaju sends now a telegram telling the parent you better hurry up crazy things are happening here right so once this reaches the, pa- the actually the parents have already received the letter mm-hmm. and once they read this you know Ishwaramma had been told this is from Ishwaramma the chosen mother she had been told that when a scorpion or a stings or a snake bites the person has to be kept awake because if he sleeps he may never get up okay So the minute she heard that Swami has slept, he's in a kind of coma. She became very worried. She told her husband that what come what may I am also accompanying you. And in those days, traveling from Puttaparthi to Urvakonda was no joke. Right. And uh, they had no money. In fact, there was a weaver by name Chinna Babaya mm-hmm. who used to run chit funds in Puttaparthi. You know, okay. collect two annas, five annas from different people and put in his own. He was a very successful weaver, so he had quite some savings of his own. Mm-hmm. and he had a chit fund so with him at that time he had about 300 to 400 rupees okay from that he gave 100 rupees mm-hmm. you know we were speaking about the value of 1 rupee 1 rupee 100 rupees he gave to pedavenkama raju because pedavenkama raju went to him he was a good friend of his and he said you know my son is in trouble and i don't know how much money i will need for what i'll have to do i need money you have to give me and he gave you know that was the kind of friendship he had with that person and Ishwaramma and Pedavengkama Raju have started off mm-hmm. towards Uruvakonda. In the meanwhile, in Uruvakonda, a doctor has been employed, an allopathic doctor, who is shocked because there is no trace of venom in Swami's blood. Mm-hmm. There is no venom at all. And so he says, I don't think it's, it's a scorpion sting. But anyway, he gives four injections 
which have to be administered every 3 to 4 hours which means at night somebody had to keep awake with satya somebody had to keep awake means somebody has to administer that injection right. to him to this boy who is unconscious and comatose so there was a neighbor by name kasibatla shriram murthy <laughs> who had a special love for swami you know in his heart somewhere he felt that there is something special about this boy he is not an ordinary boy and he loved this boy so he volunteered to keep awake at night and administer those injections so four injections were with him after administering two he saw that there was no change in the boy mm-hmm. he got very worried and he has revealed this in an interview kasi butler shri ramurthy mm-hmm. so he got worried that nothing is happening to the boy so he felt that we have to take swami to some hospital it's no use if we leave him just here and then he says suddenly swami woke out of the coma and told him don't worry sai baba will take care and again went back into coma okay just imagine he has not heard this name sai baba mm. and swami tells him don't worry sai baba will take care goes back into the coma and so so it happens that two times once for the temple mm-hmm. and once here that swami has come out of coma the third time swami comes out of coma is the next day morning mm-hmm. when this uh, you know our kasibatla shriram murthy reveals this to shesham raju what happened in the night shesham raju feels that you know what i think maybe he has been possessed something strange is happening i don't know if it's poison i don't know if it's a mental disease i don't know if he is possessed by a ghost and also swami started getting fits okay so there was a, a, a student a leader mm-hmm. by name abdul gafar mm-hmm. shesham raju called him and told get some of your friends when he gets fits somebody has to hold his hand and legs so he got very scared and he told please send one of the boys i'll give my cycle let him go immediately now to puttaparthi i'll tell you where my house is please go and tell the parents to come the idea is to cycle all the way to anantapur and from mm-hmm. anantapur catch a bus and go to bukapatnam and then take a bullock cart or go by walk to puttaparthi you know that was how difficult it was to travel correct and they explain how even as he was giving the routes to this boy swami tells that why take all the trouble in another hour or so you know the mother and father are coming here and in fact he tells yeshamaraju go to the bus stand and receive them <laughs> which was a very sensible advice because nobody knew how ishwaramma and pedavenkamaraju looked okay so somebody from the family had to go and since venkamma was here you know women used to not do all these things so yeshamaraju himself had to go and as swami said within an hour the parents were there and he got the parents again there was a chance for him to realize what was happening but they were so lost in their attachment and uh, the parents came rushing and by the time they came apparently swami had regained consciousness and this was a phase which was more terrible than the comatose phase mm-hmm. because he seemed like a completely mad person he was shouting he was screaming interspersed with poetry <laughs> he was reeling out poetry about the epics the great epics and this time again sheshamaraju was shocked because some of the telugu that swami was using even he could not understand <laughs> so that happened in the middle of that swami you know in great anger said go call that narayan shastri he is telling it all wrong now this narayan shastri lived a few homes away he was a renowned scholar and he was actually giving a parayana satsang on the bhagavatam right and here was little satya screaming he told his father and his brother go tell him to stop what he is doing it is nonsense 
he shouting and with such command that the father had to obey in fact when the father went to narayan shastri's house that pandit's house and told him you know my son is saying that you are telling it wrong so please <laughs> uh, you know he toned down the way swami had told narayan shastri got wild he got very angry he said who do you think you are do you know whom you are talking to you get lost and tell that boy he has lost his mind at that time the father says you know i also know that <laughs> please why don't you come and drive some sense into that boy he is not listening to any of us and at that time narayan shastri says i am coming you know i will drive some sense into that boy he comes home at that time even before he can open his mouth swami tells him the hamsa geeta that you are propounding is wrong mm-hmm. and then swami expounds on the hamsa geeta at the end of which narayan shastri is in tears he falls at swami's feet the first you know where intellect ego everything has to bow down before the lord so he falls at swami's feet and goes back and when they see this they are disappointed actually they feel oh god here was a chance of somebody driving sense into our little boy and he has also failed and after that it became too much the way swami was speaking the things that he would say and when this happened like that somebody came and told that there is a wonderful herbal doctor at buchayagaripalli buchayagaripalli is about 5 kilometers from karnatanagipalli which right. is just next to puttaparthi so they told you take him there so satya was muttering all this and shouting all this so that is why they took him there hoping that the herbal doctor will do something nothing it was of no use that was when when somebody said that there is a kind of a tantric at brahmanapalli this person narsi reddy mm-hmm. his sons continues to live in brahmanapalli and he was interviewed so they brought him almost back near puttaparthi mm-hmm. to this brahmanapalli where he was the first to scratch swami's head but he didn't shave swami's head you know okay. he made scratches on swami's head and put some powders and tried what he could but swami apparently was not cured and that was when somebody came and suggested the name of one magnificent tantric his name was mupur appaya swami and they said that he stays in a village near kadri brahmanapalli i think before this one more sorcerer was brought okay you know among all the efforts hmm. the one effort which uh, you know it's mentioned is the district medical officer is consulted oh okay you know, they try even that the doctor who is attending on swami goes to that district medical officer he puts him on a 3 day course and that mm. again doesn't work okay. and then they bring one sorcerer to uh, seshamaraju's house in uruvakonda correct and yes even, even as this man walks in and swami is i think still in that doing that coma phase when swami looks at him and says that you know all these years you have worshiped me so all you have to do now is just offer your pranams and get out of here <laughs> okay yes yes now i recollect yes that happens and right and immediately that man looks at seshamaraju and says that this boy is not to be treated he needs to be worshiped <laughs> and you know offers his pranams and walks away that's another episode which happens where you know as you said the intellect and the prowess of man comes and offers bows down in front of divinity and walks away you know these episodes actually prodded sheshamaraju to think of uh, ways of treating satya outside uruvakonda because apparently in uruvakonda everybody seemed to be worshiping this brother instead of treating him right so that is why they tried out buchayagaripalli swami was moved to puttaparthi as you saying i think mm. the brahmanapalli swami was taken to puttaparthi and this was also during i think closer to the vacation time because as you said march 8th 
the yes. scorpion bite so the following year the summer vacations begin towards the end of april march april and may april may so i think that was the time when swami was going through all this and swami also moved to puttaparthi and even in puttaparthi there were so many doctors who were brought Correct. and there is a description where they say that as swami's got from burukonda to puttaparthi he consults two doctors on the way one okay. is on the way back that is buchayagaripalli and the other one happens as i said at brahmanapalli okay finally he is in puttaparthi and that is when they hear about this as i said mupur appaya swami no mupur appaya swami uh, if you see his history mm-hmm. he has also got a kind of aura about him you know they say that uh, he was having special yogic powers mm-hmm. in fact there was a legend that stated that when he was treating somebody for an addiction when stealthily that person tried to get back to his addiction out of the blue out of thin air Mupur Appaya Swami appeared before him and told him hey i know i am watching <laughs> you know there were such legends surrounding mupur appaya swami okay. so that is why somebody came and told that if anybody can treat swami that is this mupur appaya swami and he stays at kadri mm-hmm. so hearing his reputation itself they were all very see, that's another little incident happens ha huh? this sorcerer actually sends two of his assistants to venkamaraju's house Okay to give a list of things which they have to bring along with him ha huh. for this treatment ha huh. and then you know they come and they give the list and even then swami <laughs> says that you know you missed out these things you missed out these <laughs> items from the list correct and swami yes. tells them yes correct so they have to get all these and go to kadri and uh, they have as you said he has sent his assistants to ensure that everything is in place but this is missing so in a bullock cart they set out towards kadri they go via mudigubba which is the longer route the shorter route that we have today with an excellent road to kadri did not exist then in fact you know there's another incident which happened during this time mm-hmm. uh, I, i was reminded even as you were saying that violent phase which swami was going through mm. it was impossible to actually control swami even mm. physically correct swami was in that kind of a phase and in fact when one of the people who were residents of puttaparthi when this event happened they described how swami was taken to kadri oh, okay it was so difficult to put swami into a bullock cart Huh. Because it had happened before, you know. Once they had taken Swami into the bullock cart, they want to take him somewhere, and Swami. Uh, no, I think this happens later. We'll come back to that. It was so difficult to convince Swami to get into the bullock cart, and they say that when about five or six strong-bodied, able-bodied men came and held Swami, Swami turns and kicks one of them, and he actually loses three or four of his teeth. Yes, this actually happens a little later. Okay. Okay, and the person who lost his teeth. His name is Chandramouli, mm-hmm. the uncle, and in fact, it is said that he lost the two of his front teeth. And in the eighties, do you know what happened? Mm-hmm. Chandramouli uh, later on has revealed it in an interview that Swami came and told that I know a very good dentist in Bangalore. Mm-hmm. I will get two golden teeth fitted for you. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, Chandramouli, the person he felt. he was actually uh, swami's uncle that way a okay. relate, far related uncle he felt it was such a honor and such a privilege and he refused that offer from swami he said no swami i would like to be toothless i would like to have that as memory. a memento of that <laughs> memory of that beautiful episode yeah correct not a beautiful episode but a memorable and a memorable episode, episode yeah now it becomes this. beautiful you know in retrospect it becomes beautiful so yeah so that is how they started off to kadri as you said with difficulty they put him in the cart and they set out there and the exact village is viranjaneya garipalli mm-hmm. at which there was a place called bhogga bhogga is a kind of a well which is perpetual because it is fed by different streams 
Okay. It has an inlet and an outlet as well. So it's like an open well with steps all around. Mm-hmm. Like a huge public bath, you know. Right. That kind of a place. So at Bhogga, uh, near that place was where this person stayed. So when he was taken the first thing that he did was you know I remember once uh, in a session this was revealed to me by my sister's mother-in-law mm-hmm. that they were sitting and somebody was narrating Swami's life in Swami's presence and when it came to this part Swami said stop don't skip this part because Swami said the devotees won't be able to take it in spite of remembering this I feel like just going ahead because I feel once in a while we should we should know what Swami went through you know the swami's head was shaved and four large crosses were pierced onto his scalp and onto that was applied a paste of garlic and chili powder with salt after that he was taken to this bhogga well and 108 pots of that cold water was poured continuously and that was not it a pit had been prepared in which neem leaves had been boiled in water mm-hmm. and then to it was mixed buffalo dung mm-hmm. and swami was buried neck deep in that in that slurry of neem leaves and buffalo dung for hours and after that was done he was brought out and a kind of kalikam paste was prepared right. kalikam you know it's very all pungent materials are mixed to make that paste and that paste was applied directly into his eyes and swami's eyes swelled up not just the eyes swami says that the whole face gets distorted out beyond recognition beyond recognition the head swells the eyes swami says you know it, it swells so much that the opening becomes just a mere slit the mother is not able to bear this right and you know they say that this is such a you know demonic mixture which is applied mm-hmm. that when they see swami like this when the mother and the sister try to go near swami actually in fact sometime later swami describes that the mother was didn't even have the courage to go near swami it was all through the sister venkama who was with swami hmm. in fact you no know, she was the one who always stood by swami especially during this period and you know she describes that even when they went and stood next to swami they could feel the burning sensation that pungent it was that was how pungent this kalikam oh paste which was applied to the eyes of swami were and you know even we get tears thinking of how swami and simply you know, bore it without right, and and you can imagine the plight of that sorcerer who was going through this because he was a boy and you know the sequence of events as you narrated the the crosses which were made and mm. and the paste which was added and 100 and, and all that all through swami was absolutely stoic mm. there was not even one scream yeah, one squeal yeah there was not a tear there was not a he didn't even try to protect himself and uh, then they ex- explain when this kalikam paste is you know applied the face gets distorted that is when the body starts reacting even mm. then swami does not scream but the body is shivering and you know the eyes are continuously tearing and but still swami was not showing out his pain and this man was absolutely surprised because he has never seen a person who after the kalikam paste is applied He's does not say anything about it and this was something that as you said the mother and sister could not bear they in fact tell tell this mupur appaya swami that you know great are your methods uh, but our son doesn't seem to be strong enough to bear all this in fact even then sorry to stop ah, you yeah, yeah. you know when they see swami like this they don't know what to do because 
and it seems it was a very very strict discipline that when he is handling the patient then the sorcerer is handling the patient no relative was supposed to come and speak to the boy hmm. and somehow swami slips out of that uh, you know place where he is being treated and goes to the sister and mother and tell gives them a remedy he says you go and bring this and apply this to my eye it'll and then it will subside exactly and that is when they decide that enough is enough so they go and tell the sorcerer that you know we'll make satyam strong and come back to you because they don't want to tell him that we are disgusted with your methods off with you i mean any of us would have maybe beheaded that guy but uh, they tell him that we'll make satyam strong and get him back so that you can then continue with your treatment now let us return and as they're returning that is when ishwarama says let us visit the narsimha swami temple at kadri because it is believed that narsimha the narsimha avatar is the best for exorcising ghosts because uh, the mother feels that maybe something has possessed my son right when they go to the kadri temple offer their prayers and they are coming out a snake comes and bites swami oh okay okay so yeah i was also you know surprised reading this mm-hmm. when the snake bites now imagine all this the anger of the people who are with swami they go and crush that snake to death my god when satyam comes to know that he gets up he walks to the body of that lifeless snake picks it up and tells everyone that it is no fault of the snake he says i am not like this because of the poison mm-hmm. and he breathes back life into that snake and sends it back into the bushes and then sits back in the cart and heads towards puttaparthi this is also narrated by venkama mm-hmm. and so you know that is how they return back and when they return to puttaparthi you know they say that over swami's home house that little house that was there an eagle is flying mm-hmm. in indian tradition eagle is considered as garuda and if a eagle is flying it is as if that somebody is going to die in that house and it is believed that a person who dies that way goes straight to vaikuntha which is the abode of the lord but at that point in time they felt this was an inauspicious thing a eagle flying above the house the minute they felt that it's in the eagle came and flew directly above swami and swami at that time had a clean shaved head you know with scalp seen with those marks after the eagle flew and went away those marks magically disappeared mm-hmm. those cross marks that were on his head and completely from the scalp the scalp was as good as new but this was when that new swami came about you know that angry violent and clinching and as you narrated that episode happened where uncle chandramouli was kicked and lost his teeth in fact another episode also happens no when the bulakart refuses to go forward that happens after this when they come to know that in kottacheru there is a, a spiritual doctor. person right. known as sidguna sidgunananda swami mm-hmm. or he is also called chidgunananda maharaj okay so they tell let us take him, because he is a spiritual personage maybe he will help they decide to take uh, swami along the route you know uh, you have to go via the bukapatnam tank right actually which also comes towards kottacheru cross it and then reach kottacheru which is by road it's about 12 kilometers from puttaparthi mm-hmm. but that straight road was about 8 kilometers mm-hmm. so when they are taking him satyam says i don't want to go to him but they don't listen to him you know the only person who is supporting satya is his grandfather kondamaraju mm-hmm. saying listen to the boy give him time do what he says but nobody is there to listen to the old man so the decision makers are especially the brother sheshamaraju and the father so they put him in the cart and they start taking him and it is said you know 
the bullocks refused to move right and also the cartman who was driving the cart he felt that the hillocks were collapsing onto him from all sides it seems oh so he started you know shouting and screaming like as if some disastrous earthquake is taking place and that is when you know they remembered what kondamaraju says and tells turn back so they turn back the minute they turn back the cartman is fine and the bullocks also proceed <laughs> the bullocks are ready to walk only towards parthi and not away from parthi in fact when satya refused to go to swami chitgananda sheshamaraju somehow got a message sent to him that you know we want to but it's not not able to come apparently swami chitgananda later on visits puttaparthi mm-hmm. falls at swami's feet and says idi daiya kaadu idi daiva maya daiya meaning ghost and daiva maya mean you know, we know it is divine maya divine play <laughs> so probably swami chitgananda was the first spiritual personage to recognize and appreciate swami's divinity so he himself falls at swami's feet and uh, do you remember that during one of this sessions we talked about one pt krishnamachari right i mean he was actually a lawyer or something correct who initiated swami into learning right yes aksharabhyasam right yeah so that pt krishnamachari he you know he also had a soft corner for swami so when he got to know mm-hmm. he came to have a look at swami and his suggestion was that the parents should take swami to a narsimha swami temple in tamil nadu okay. ghatika chalam okay he said that you know i don't know narsimha the form of the lord is supposed to drive away ghosts i don't know about others but this ghatika chalam i can stand by you know mm-hmm. he was very confident about ghatika chalam temple and when he told that you know swami shouted back at him mm-hmm. shouted back at him asking who do you think is in that temple huh? <laughs> who why do you want to take me to that temple you don't be so stupid don't be so foolish and swami tells are you taking me to me exactly that's what swami says are you taking me to me and he tells it not in a gentle polite manner he shouts at him as if it is a fool who is not able to understand and you know he as you said he was a lawyer and he was a scholarly person when he gets put off like this he walks away from there when this happens the father gets very 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 angry because he thinks who is this puny little child talking like this to such scholarly people and kasturi records in ishwaram the chosen mother that at this point he lost his temper completely mm-hmm. he walked picked up a stick came to him brandished it al- almost as if he's hitting swami and asked him what are you narayana or narsimha are you a madcap a lunatic a ghost who are you tell me today and he shouts at him at that time you know swami shouts back tells i am sai baba i am from the apastamba sutra and the bharadwaja gotra and when he shouts back the father thinks that some sai baba creature <laughs> is possessing my son so he addresses sai baba he tells okay let go of my son then why are you here he shouts if you are sai baba why are you possessing my son At this point swami calms down and very sweetly tells i am sai baba <laughs> i have come to your family because your venkavaduta asked and that is why i have come and this revelation stuns the father the stick drops off from his hand actually the father doesn't know who this venkavaduta is 
Correct. Because it was only Konnamaraju who knew Venkavadutta and who used to converse with Venkavadutta. Hmm. And it seems after that, Seshamaraju and the father go and start inquiring who is this Venkavadutta. And that's when they realize that he is one of one in their own lineage hmm. who is supposed to be a very very saintly person. In fact, there's a uh, there's a temple for Venkavadutta. Okay. So means he's almost worshipped hmm. like a god. So when like these startling revelations are made, something that is not common knowledge even for the father. the stick drops off his hand he is just bewildered the word that comes out of his mouth are so I mean so what if you are sai baba and all this and swami continues you know he says so clean your homes worship me on thursdays i feel this is so amazing you know he says i am sai baba so so what if you are sai baba so worship me clean your homes i will take care of all your problems you have prayed your lineage has prayed and that's why i have come i will take care of all the problems and this episode took place on 23rd of may isn't it such a special feeling prem to know that we are spending time on that particular day it is uh, you know i would say a very very big understatement to say that it's a coincidence hmm. because how beautiful that on this momentous month of may because so many of these things have happened as you said a couple of days later i think it was in the same month when swami threw those flowers ah yes you know how words. that came about and actually an interesting thing i mean before you go to get to that okay okay this was the time when swami was you know as you said showing so many different uh hues to his personality one hmm. was he was very very violent because that might have been the narsimha side of swami <laughs> and then swami was calmed down and that and suddenly one day swami would come out call the children around materialize objects and objects and give it to them give hmm. them candies give them vibhuti so all these and all this publicly all these before publicly, he used to right? tell the children not to tell right. the parents so i think that was the time when the jasmine flower incident also also happens yes correct a side thought as you were saying not only the narsimha avatar if we read shirdi sai satcharitra we also come across many such instances where shirdi baba behaved in the so called erratic, erratic manner right you know where he would get bouts of fury temper and then calm down so well what a way uh, to show that you are sai baba and then announce that you are sai baba <laughs> there was you know in the satyam shyam sundaram it is recorded as a sub registrar in penukonda an officer from penukonda it happened to be the sub registrar at penukonda by the name keshavayya now keshavayya had the good fortune of meeting shirdi baba okay and at that time shirdi baba was called sai baba because there was only one sai baba at that time and like now when we have two sai baba so we have to sell sati sai uh, yeah shirdi sai so they got to know you know sheshamaraju got to know that there is this person the sub registrar who knows sai baba so they thought let us take satya to him maybe he will be able to help so they took swami to penukonda to keshavayya's home after seeking permission and an audience from him now keshavayya was a very devout shirdi baba devotee and so he did what any devotee might be expected to do he prayed to shirdi baba god udi and he gave it to swami and told you take this udi instantly swami took that udi and threw it back at his face when swami threw back the udi at his face swami said don't don't you recognize actually he says i think that this is not any sai baba i think it is just that this guy is gone mad that he a- tells that he tells to satya's parents right by the side mm-hmm. he calls swami's parents aside and tells them you know this is a case of lunacy he has gone mad you need to take him to an institution that's what he says and when he comes back 
Swami looks at him and tells, yes, it is a case of lunacy. But who is lunatic? You or me? You know, you are not able to recognize the one you have worshipped. Swami says, you are a blind devotee because you are not able to see the whole, that form which you are worshipping in me. And at that time, he materializes vibhuti out of nowhere and starts throwing it all around. So, what happens is, he is lost. Keshavaya has no idea what's happening. So, what he does is, he gives a photograph of Shirdi Baba. Mm-hmm. You know, that picture in that Love is My Form book, that picture is also presented. He gives a photograph to the parents and tells, you take him back home and worship this Sai Baba. He will take care of your child. <laughs> and you know, Swami, see, this is beauty, you know, Maya, you can call it or whatever, his divine play, Leela, Mahima. When they come to Puttaparthi, they keep this Shirdi Baba's photo at home and start worshipping it. Swami suddenly becomes a very sweet-natured and good child. Mm-hmm. You know? Ishwaramma is very relieved. She doesn't care whether it's a poison, whether it's mental, it's lunacy or it is possession or exorcism. She doesn't care what it is. She is just happy that her son is back. And so, it continues like this for some time. When suddenly, you know, Keshavaya gets to know that, you know, Swami has become fine. So, he feels that Shirdi Baba did a great job. You know, my Lord never lets mm-hmm. me down, I know. So, with a few of his people, he comes to Puttaparthi to have a look at Swami. At, uh, yeah, Satya. The boy who got cured of his lunacy by Baba's Udi. That's what he thinks. Okay. But the minute he comes to Swami, Swami again goes back to that violent temper thing, throwing things around, speaking whatever and shouting at people. And when Keshavaya's followers, they see that, they get very upset. Because for them, Keshavaya is their boss, their mm-hmm. head. He's a sub-registrar. So they tell, what you're shouting, your Sai Baba? Show us some proof that you're Sai Baba, if you're Sai Baba. Mm-hmm. At that time, Swami asks for some jasmine flowers, which he cups, holds in his cupped hand and throws it in the air. And as they fall down, in beautiful Telugu, they form the letters, Nenu Sai Baba, which means, I am Sai Baba. And that is how that flower episode took place a few days after when he declared that I am Sai Baba first time. And after this, as you said, Prem, Swami was a completely changed boy. It is said that he gave up his old company also, all his friends. Only a few, three or four of his old friends he retained friendship with. Friendship retained meaning he used to talk to them and interact with them on a regular basis. He was no longer available for all. And one of the boys for whom he was still available, his name was Tunga Gangappa. Mm-hmm. And there's one beautiful, you know, uh, when they say that the Lord pines for the devotee as as much and as intensely as the devotee pines for the Lord. When Swami had to leave Bukapatnam and go to Uravakonda, it seems Tunga Gangappa walked up to Swami and said, Swami, that's all, is it? Is it all over now? You are leaving me and going off to Uravakonda? Because Tunga Gangappa was not going to proceed for any higher edu- studies. Mm-hmm. So, Swami, tell, Swami also becomes emotional and says, why don't you also come along with me? He says, your brother has written Satya, that you will be becoming a big revenue officer. You know, that is what (laughs) career the parents and the brother envisage for Swami. You will be becoming a revenue officer. So, for you, education is needed. But my father tells me that I have to grow crops. So, for me, agriculture is needed. So, that's it. This will be the end. And Tunga Gangapa's mother, also, you know, very attached to Swami, gets a piece of bread and offers it. And with a very heavy heart, Swami bids goodbye to Tunga Gangappa. Mm-hmm. So, after all this happens, when Swami becomes an introvert and all by himself, 
he still retains his friendship with tungagangappa in puttaparthi it is said like that and uh, swami would began to spend a lot of time in the hills and dales that surrounded puttaparthi in fact it was at this point in time that the other mother of swami karanam subama i think that will, uh, yes that that phase is going to start in a short while but before that actually swami for a very very brief time hmm. goes back to the orokonda school correct this whole thing happens in puttaparthi and according to the people around him when swami is spending more time in a normal uh, demeanor they say that okay let us take him back to school and that was also the beginning of the next academic year correct in june because may 23rd is this declaration of a few days after that is that flower episode and then in june the schools reopen june or i think june end or july that is when swami is taken back to uravakonda because again it is sheshamma sheshamma raju seemed you know i feel is an epitome of the kind of modern day lopsided scientists who feel that they are very scientific in approach but refuse to see things happening before their own eyes and so he felt that if i take back swami to uravakonda getting back into the routine and rigors of the school maybe sense he senses will get knocked back into him and he'll become normal from this abnormal boy that he is quite similar to you know it happens in so many of these saints even in the life of saints when ramakrishna paramahamsa you know starts exhibiting abnormal behavior he's got married you know, say, you know you get him into a regular life then he will come out of this madness i think Correct. this is a, a common feature <laughs> in the lives of people who are around such noble souls before we conclude prem one point that always strikes me is why did swami have to undergo all this you know everything is there in the wave of his hand from choosing to be born in such a real god forsaken place to choosing such a materially poor family to choosing such you know he could have breathed out hard and that mupur appaya swami and others who did such things to swami would have been thrown away into a, out of earth's orbit but he underwent all that and that is when i felt you know there's one famous saying that goes that an average teacher tells a good teacher explains a great teacher demonstrates the best teacher inspires and i felt in order to demonstrate and inspire the great teacher that swami is chose to do what he did because he always says his life is his message and very true you know as it keeps coming again and again in swami's life there are two things which swami is doing parallelly hmm. one was supernatural things hmm. you know which were things which normal human beings cannot do what you call miracles powers materializations because we associate divinity and supernatural abilities to these kind of acts correct at the same time swami was constantly doing another thing which was expressing his forbearance and swami Shama. also wanted us to associate divinity with that quality yeah that quality of beautiful prem quality of forbearance mm. so that was a message which swami was always giving as you as we've spoken before but swami was coming to our level and raising us to his level and as we were to see you know in the rest of swami's life this was a message which was constantly again and again given to all of us that shama i i remember how many discourses swami has spoken only about that quality of shama correct and what better example or inspiration for that quality than this entire episode this urukonda days of swami i really feel that may 23rd 
should be special as something like a kshama day or something because it really shows the culmination of the events which demonstrate and inspire in us this kshama did you notice prem that for the last one hour we didn't take any break this is what happens when we talk of his story so dear listeners this was this week's satyam shamsundaram episode we are still not away from urvakonda as we said swami goes back to urvakonda and again a very very important event happens in urvakonda from where begins the story of the avatar what we've been speaking so far is that of how swami introduced the people around him to the concept of what he is and the divinity that he was here to manifest and then as swami declares my devotees are waiting my mission is waiting for me and there's going to be a blast of events which will happen after that and we will be talking about that next week on afternoon satsang so till then this is prem from team radio sai and with me is arvind from team radio sai and both of us offer our collective gratitude at the lotus feet of our most beautiful swami and thank him for this wonderful opportunity to have this satsang on his own radio from the spiritual capital of the universe prashantiniliyam sai ram you just heard an episode of a radio series afternoon satsang this is a discussion between radio sai's prem and arvind on different spiritual topics and the topic of today's episode was satyam shivam sundaram the life story of bhagwan sri satya sai baba This was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12:30 p.m. on May 23rd, 2013. We hope you enjoyed it. Your comments and suggestions are very important to us. Please mail them to listener@radiosai.org. Next week same day same time will be the continuation of today's episode. Stay tuned. Thank you and loving Sai Ram from Prashant Nilayam.